Well, even if you weren't expecting any surprises at New Orleans Saints OTAs, you definitely got one as wide receiver Michael Thomas made his surprise return to the field on Tuesday. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. We get Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss the latest episode and keep the conversation going one-on-one with me over at joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints on today's. Oh, and of course, I am your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, media senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. And of course, you can find me every Tuesday on Locked NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Now, on today's episode, we got some clarity on DeMarco Jackson with the New Orleans Saints C as the vision for him, how he has been working with the New Orleans Saints defense. We're also going to take a look at how the Saints have been building communication about the offensive and defensive sides. But first, we got to start off with the big news of the day, and we get to start off with the biggest news of the day. New Orleans Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas making his return to the field during OTA practice day It'll be seven for the team, third for media in terms of those of us that were out there. So big shout out to everybody that's here checking out the show. Appreciate everybody. I'm already getting questions about whether or not Smoke Monday was there. Yes, Smoke Monday was also there, but that is not the highlight of today's show. The highlight of today's show is that Michael Thomas was back. And now he wasn't fully back. He wasn't a full participant in this practice, but I got to tell you this much. Having Michael Thomas on the field in any capacity for the New Orleans Saints is better than not having him on the field at all. And the expectation has always been that Michael Thomas would return to the field, number 13, would return to the field during training camp. So to see him out there for the last week of OTAs, it's really, really good news. And listen, I know that there's a lot of folks that have sort of a wait and see mentality when it comes to Michael Thomas. I actually am one of them. Um, And I get it. I understand. There's been a couple of times now where he has made it back to the field, but has not been able to stay on the field because of health. We won't know that until he actually gets there. But if the thing that you're most upset with Michael Thomas about is being on the field, he was on the field today. And there's no need to criticize that. He was on the field. And that is a step forward. And it is a step towards progress. So let me tell you a couple of little things about what we saw from Michael Thomas, because even though he did not participate in any drills or any team, you know, drills or anything like that. He spent most of his time either warming up first with the, uh, you know, he's kind of out there during stretch. Then he left and then he eventually came back out. When he came back out, he was in a helmet, short shells, all of that, but noticeably no hardware, no brace, nothing on the injured ankle, nothing on, I guess we could say either of the injured legs, but specifically the most recent. And so being able to see Michael Thomas out there, not limping as he was walking, he didn't do a lot of sprinting or cutting or running around too much or anything like that. Obviously, they're not going to risk anything just for the sake of OTAs. You're not going to do that. Um, But seeing him walk around, seeing him not be ginger on that, you know, ankle or on that leg or anything like that, seeing him out there catching some passes from 
Drew, uh, not from Drew, sorry, from um, from Derek Carr and Jameis Winston and Jay Kaner. It was just a good thing to see. And it's part of what we'll get to in a little bit in terms of the building communication, what he and Derek Carr had to say about one another. But the thing that I want to highlight here is that, yeah, we didn't get to see Michael Thomas go out there and fully run routes. We didn't get to see him go out there full speed, sprint, cut, do all of these things. But seeing him out there at all is a positive. And seeing him out there in a situation in which Thank you. And seeing him out there in a situation in which he's not, um, you know, he doesn't have a big old brace on his leg. He doesn't have still some type of, you know, hardware or anything uh, attached to his leg. There, There was nothing like that. He was just out there. And that's a really, really, really great place to see where, you know, Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints are. Dennis Allen spoke to media after practice and actually so did Michael Thomas. And one of the things that is very clear is that the expectation, not only for the organization, but also for Michael Thomas, to be ready for training camp. That's kind of the the goal. And it's great. You know, last year, they kind of beat the timeline last season where, you know, the expectation was that, yeah, he would be out there week one, but then he was also out there training camp day one. Now they've beaten the timeline again. It was expected we wouldn't see him until training camp day one. Now we're seeing him here at OTA week three. And that's a good spot. But the expectation is really that when it comes to the how, you know, full speed and when he's a full go and all these other things, that's not going to happen until training camp. So expect that to still be the timeline for New Orleans. They do have mini camps next week, three days of mandatory mini camps, the 13th, 14th, and 15th. We'll have some folks come through and update us on mini camp because I'll be out of town. But, uh, you know, there's an expectation that we might see him out there during mini camps, but... We were told by Dennis Allen not to expect to see him do too much if he is out there at many at many camps. So the fact of the matter is that Michael Thomas being out there on Tuesday is good for the Saints. It's a good showing. It's good team morale. The energy was way up for the team. And I don't think that that's not connected to Michael Thomas being out there. But it doesn't change the outlook for the New Orleans Saints. No, not at this time, because the expectation has always been that Michael Thomas would be ready and available to go week one, as well as training camp day one. And so it just doesn't change anything for any of that, but it is good news. It's a good thing to see this happening. And I know that there's like a whole bunch of stuff that we see where people are saying, you know, oh, well, it doesn't matter until he's out there and he catches passes that he plays a 17 game season and all that to heck with all that. The fact of the matter is that it's good news for the New Orleans Saints period to have Michael Thomas out on that field. The last thing that I'll update before we we switch over here and then we start to uh, take a look at um, or we start to look at uh, the communication being built for the team was that one of the other things that Michael Thomas himself said was how excited he is to be able to help contribute to guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid getting better. I asked him, you know, after watching Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid over the course of their rookie season continue to develop and continue to get better, how excited are you to take the field with him? And it's interesting, sort of the humble answer that he gave, which is that he sees himself, Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid as kind of the big three at wide receiver, although he acknowledged that there were other receivers, other pass catchers that can and will also participate, can and will also contribute to the uh, New Orleans Saints sort of, you know, offense. Um, 
but that his role and the way that he sees it is that he's so excited to figure out where he fits in with Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, which I thought was interesting choice because when you think about Michael Thomas being Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, you think about, okay, everybody's got to fit in around Michael Thomas, but now Michael Thomas is coming in and saying that he's part of something that is bigger than him. And he is in a situation to where he's looking at, how do I add to what these talented players also already bring to the field. So it's a really, really good sort of, uh, yeah. And he also mentioned, thank you, Connor B, uh, that he also mentioned that he took those guys under his wing, that they're all from California. They were all working out together in California. They've been spending a lot of time over the course of the past couple of off seasons. So just really, really cool stuff to see. Um, let's go over now what Michael Thomas actually did on the field why it matters, and how he's continuing and beginning, rather, to build that communication with Derek Carr. Because believe it or not, even though Michael Thomas surprised all of us by showing up for today's OTA practice, it's not the first time that he and Derek Carr got the opportunity to throw together this offseason. Let's get to that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, family, today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Maybe you want to get in on the NBA Finals early odds for the New Orleans Saints who are favored week one against the Tennessee Titans. They're also favored to win the NFC South. They're not far off or long favorites at all to win the NFC, although some would still consider that a bold prediction. Maybe that's a bold prediction you want to get in on. And if it's your first time ever at FanDuel, they make it really easy for you to make such a bold claim to get started because with your first bet, as long as you head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on, you're going to get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's bonus bets that come back to you if your first bet doesn't hit, meaning that there's practically no losing with your first bet over at FanDuel. And they also have an app that's safe, super easy to use, super secure, and cashes out instantly. So you never have to wait around or, or hit a certain benchmark before you can start taking money out because you know you're going to win. You know you're going to win. So head over to FanDuel today, fanduel.com slash locked on. That way you can take advantage of that no sweat first bet of up to $2,500 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Once again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks again, as always, to all the everydayers out there for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. So as we're looking through today's OTA practice, it's obviously headlined by Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was back out on the field. So what does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Well, obviously, it means really good things for the New Orleans Saints because they're getting Michael Thomas back into the fold more quickly than we've seen in recent off-seasons. But what exactly did he do when he was out on the field? So Michael Thomas, as I mentioned before, did not participate in team drills, seven-on-seven drills, individual drills, anything like that. It was actually something a little bit different, something unique that we don't often see when it comes to training camp practices and everyday practices and OTA practices and things like that. What usually happens on the outdoor field is that the offense will start off after stretch. The offense will start off on one of the fields And in the defense work on the other field, in the outdoor sort of facility for the New Orleans Saints, there's two, there's two football fields. If you've ever been to, you know, an open day for uh, training camp and stuff, you've seen that, right? You're, you're up close to one field, but then just on the other side of that, before you actually see the facility itself, the building itself is, is another field. And so they'll split up, they'll go offense, defense on the other side. And then oftentimes what will happen is that they'll run like 
punt drills on one side, field goals on the other side to get some offense, some defense all kind of mixed together. And they'll have, you know, uh, some, you know, uh, some other special teams drills going on while maybe team drills or seven on sevens are going on on the near side and stuff like that. So they'll kind of split stuff up once offense and defense start working together. So that there's a little bit of work happening on both sides of the field. Well, instead of that happening today, when it got to special teams time, everyone, Every single player except for the three quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Jay Kaner, Jameis Winston, and Michael Thomas all went to the other field on the long side and started doing, or on the far side and started doing like punt drills and some field goal stuff and some, you know, punt block rushes and things like that. Meanwhile, on the near side where you would be if you were there watching practice by the bleachers and all that other stuff, it was just Michael Thomas, the three quarterbacks, and a couple of coaches. And they were throwing the pass. They were throwing him passes. He was catching passes. They were talking. They were, you know, getting some sidebars and things like that. We saw Michael Thomas and Derek Carr talk a bunch. So here's what we actually saw Michael Thomas do. Michael Thomas would go to go out wide to either side and he would run like a five yard slant or a five yard in or a five yard dig, if you will. Uh, and the quarterbacks would throw him passes. If they wanted him to catch passes further downfield, uh, let's say they wanted him to catch a 20-yard pass, and they would line him up 15 yards downfield, and he would run a five-yard slant in, dig, whatever the route was. Now, I think that the reason that they were doing that is because much like when Jameis Winston was rehabbing his knee last year, there was only so much that he was able to do in terms of, uh, you know, he could only throw this many, this many yards downfield, that many yards downfield, couldn't push the ball downfield, things like that. I imagine that there is something about sustained strides and sustained pushing for Michael Thomas right now. So you could still see limitations in terms of what he's being asked to do and how he's following his protocols. And so when you had him run sort of this 15-yard slant, so you want him to catch the catch the ball 15 yards downfield, they would just kind of run this five-yard slant, but line him up 10 yards downfield. They wanted him to catch a 20-yard pass, they would line him up 15 yards downfield, he would run a five-yard in. So that was kind of the thing. We kind of asked, and actually it was Kat Terrell, ESPN, uh, who asked uh, Derek Carr about if he's ever done anything like that before. I mean, if that's kind of out of the ordinary to see everyone just leave the field and then the three quarterbacks and the one wide receiver working with one another. And Derek Carr effectively said, no, it was pretty unique for him too, but it offered them a, a good amount of opportunity to start to build communication with one another, which this is important. Well, this is all important, but this is where you really start to see the benefit of all this. Derek Carr effectively explaining that, believe it or not, not every quarterback throws the ball the same way. And of course, we know that not every, every quarterback throws the ball the same way, but not every ball that comes off of a quarterback's throw feels the same, can be caught the same, feel, looks the same, all these other things. And so it was an opportunity for Derek Carr and, and Michael Thomas to get a little familiar with one another. How does, how does Michael Thomas like to run his routes? Where does he like the ball placed? What kind of pass does Derek Carr throw? And how does Michael Thomas have to adjust the way that he catches that pass, those types of things? It's not just as simple as what I think we all take for granted is someone throws the ball, someone catches the ball. But the way that person throws the ball, the way that person catches the ball, especially at the professional level, at the highest level that you can absolutely play this game there are going to be nuances and there are going to be small details like that. So that those are the types of details they were working on. The reason why I stress that is because it's not good content for the show to sit here and talk to you about, oh, well, you know, this person throws a football like this and this person throws a football like that. But what it does show you is just how meticulous 
and detail-oriented both Derek Carr and Michael Thomas are. And this should take you back a little bit to something that feels familiar, not the same, not the same, but familiar with the type of sort of nuance and minutia that Drew Brees would pay attention to when he worked with Michael Thomas. So it's cool to kind of see these two, Derek Carr and Michael Thomas, have that same type of relationship. And Michael Thomas went on to echo that during the you know five, six minutes that we got with him after practice, uh, in which he talked about how much he sees some of the similar practices of Drew Brees in Derek Carr, the minutia, the nuance, the particularities, all of those other things, and how that complements well his detail orientation, orientation, yes, orientation in you know the receiving game as well. So you could see the two of them already starting to build that trust, build that communication. It's not the first time, however, that they've thrown passes to one another. Apparently, according to Derek Carr, he and Michael Thomas got to work out together yesterday as well. So Michael Thomas now two days in a row out on the field catching passes and working with Derek Carr. So that's more good news because even though we're not going to be there tomorrow and Thursday, it's reasonable to expect that there will be a greater Michael Thomas presence throughout the rest of this week, or at least some Michael Thomas presence throughout the rest of the week that ends in time between he and Derek Carr. Even when we got moved into the indoor facility because of the rain and because of the lightning and all these other things... They continued to find ways to talk to one another off on the sideline, off in the end zone, having these little conversations with one another. And those moments mean something. They mean a lot. And we didn't really see that last year with Michael Thomas and any of the quarterbacks that were, you know, he was working with all, whether it's Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston uh, early on during training camp last season, where those guys were kind of, you know, he was moving all over the first team, second team, they were moving all over first team, second team, stuff like that. So it's great to see sort of that communication already starting to bud, that relationship already starting to bud with Derek Carr and Michael Thomas. The last thing that I'll highlight actually comes from Derek Carr who said that he likes to talk to Michael Thomas and say, let's say that they're looking at a route, right? The way that Derek Carr looks at that route, looks at the way that it's being run, looks at the coverage, looks at the relationship between the coverage and space and then that route might be different than the way that Michael Thomas does. So Derek Carr will go so far as to ask Michael Thomas, okay, here's how I see it. How do you see it? Explain it to me. Teach me how you see it so I see it the same way that you do. But then he would take that a step further. Not only... Hey, Mike, tell me how you see it, but hey, how did Drew see it? You guys had a lot of trust. How can I see it the way that Drew saw it so that I can give you what you need? That's how detailed this relationship is becoming when it comes to Derek Carr and Michael Thomas. And that's great news. Michael Thomas was a big part of recruiting Derek Carr to New Orleans. Derek Carr was a big part of Michael Thomas staying in New Orleans. And now they're already out on the field getting work together before training camp even opens up. That's fantastic, fantastic news for the New Orleans Saints. Can Michael Thomas stay healthy? Can he play through 17 games? Can he play through 10 or more games? That remains to be seen. But what we're seeing right now is exactly, and actually more than what we expected to see, but exactly what we should be seeing right now from these two players and from this New Orleans Saints organization. Coming up next... We got further clarity on DeMarco Jackson, and I might just have a little bit more about Michael Thomas to talk about as well as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode and wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you, as always, for being here with us. We got lots of folks here in the live show. We got lots of folks, of course, who are going to be checking out the show later as well. So I appreciate everybody for being here and continuing to show some support and show some love. Um... 
I want to get to DeMarco Jackson real quick and and just kind of highlight the new role or the, or the larger role that he's taking, because he's been a player that we've been watching over the course of the entire offseason. And actually, when we did our episode Tuesday morning around um, around you know what we're looking for on the defensive side from OTAs for the New Orleans Saints, one of the things that we highlighted was how does DeMarco Jackson continue to fit in? How does he continue to uh, how does he continue to to build? Um, and one of the big pieces to that is what is the role that he's being asked to do. So instead of him being just like the third linebacker, love you too, Nola Gang. Um, Instead of him just being like the third linebacker that's kind of the strong side guy or whatever, uh, he is playing a little bit more of a off-ball role. He's effectively DeMario Davis's backup. And that's pretty surprising for a guy that has a ton of talent, don't get me wrong, but that missed the 2022 season. So my highlight around DeMarco Jackson throughout OTAs has been, wow, the Saints are really putting him in a lot of positions to be able to immediately contribute and to have a large role. He didn't play in 2022, which means whatever he has done in terms of his rehabilitation, staying up to date on the playbook, remaining, you know, dedicated to the team, uh, you know, showing up when he can, and also what they have seen in terms of his recovery and his process and his development must be really, really good. And so that's the big takeaway here. DeMarco Jackson has done so much good work over the offseason that he did. It's almost as if he didn't miss a season. It's almost as if he played an entire season and impressed because DeMarco Jackson has been somebody that this Saints team has been so sort of excited by, encouraged by, that they haven't gone out and signed the veteran linebacker. They haven't gone out and traded for a veteran linebacker, even though there's linebackers out on the open market right now that they're very familiar with all of that. Now, I still think that they'll bring in a veteran linebacker, particularly when we get close to training camp and all that. So funny, Tedra saying the same thing here. I absolutely see that being the case. The Saints always bring in, they always bring in linebackers, James Laurinaitis, Nigel Bradham. They always bring in linebackers over the course of, the, of training camp. They always bring in running backs over the course of training camp as well. Uh, you know, this is a team that once brought in Champ Bailey for a cup of coffee. Like they will bring in veteran players at positions of need for sure. But the faith in DeMarco Jackson is apparent. And I mean that not only because of the fact that they haven't gone out and signed that veteran linebacker, but also the veteran, the, 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 the role that they're asking DeMarco Jackson to play because he's not just out there playing a weak side coverage role. No, he's playing a micro role. He's playing a middle linebacker role. So here goes the question right here. DJ right on time. So would Jackson start at the mic position? He wouldn't start at the mic position, but he's going to primarily back up the mic position, which means he becomes the guy with the communication device. He becomes the guy with the earpiece. He becomes the guy that calls the plays over on the defensive side and relays the defensive calls. So that's what they're trying to do with him. Now, if you remember Back when they drafted him out of App State last year, one of the big highlights around him was above the shoulders football. He's been a team captain for several years, 100 plus tackles throughout his career, things like that. He has those moments rather in his career. What's going on, y'all? Um, and of course, has the sideline to sideline ability, the downhill, uh, the downhill uh, uh, role. But when it comes to his role in college, it was a little bit more of an on-ball role, go after the running back, rush the passer. And so we saw that 98 pass rush snaps in 2021 came up with six sacks during that season. I mean, consistently in the backfield and disruptive, put up a, a ton of pressures during that time as well. I think it was like 25 pressures that Pro Football Focus charted. So you can see that he obviously had a great role built for him as an on-ball linebacker uh, and as a pass rusher at App State. But now the Saints are having him sort of play this off-ball role. 
and it's working. He's made some nice plays over on the defensive side. And so while Chris Olave is out there making highlight catches over Zach Bond, it was a little bit of a push off during the practice today. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, DeMarco Jackson's out there making good plays, breaking up passes, keeping up with tight ends, keeping up with receivers in the slot, keeping up with running backs out of the backfield, all that. So the way that I look at um, DeMario, excuse me, the way that I look at DeMarco Jackson is that he's somebody that they look at and say, okay, teach him how to call the shots on the offense. That way you have an option just in case something happens with DeMario Davis, just in case DeMario Davis, uh, you know, needs a, a playoff or something like that, or his helmet comes off and you got to send somebody else in with the communication piece and you don't want to burn a timeout. No problem. DeMarco can do that. That's kind of the role that they're building for DeMarco Jackson for right now. But I am very interested to see if he ends up still finding opportunities on the Saints defense, especially if he can show his ability as a pass rusher, and especially if he can continue to show his ability as a uh, as a run stopper and as a downhill tackling player. All right, my last thought on Michael Thomas here. Um, the focus for Michael Thomas right now is to get him back and ready to go for training camp. So why be excited about him showing up at OTAs? I think there's two very clear, three. I think there's three very clear things. The first of all, the first piece, and maybe the largest piece, is that it's good injury news, and it's a good sign for the New Orleans Saints training staff that they were able to get Michael Thomas out ahead of schedule, well ahead of schedule. We're talking two months, a month and a half ahead of schedule, right? And so that's that's one that's one big thing is that that's actually pretty good on the New Orleans Saints organization, New Orleans Saints medical staff to be able to get him back out on the field. The second piece is Michael Thomas's health, dedication to the team, dedication to his rehabilitation. We know that there were some issues a couple of years ago with him and his rehabilitation and the miscommunication that came from it, him getting sort of the second opinion, the team's expectations weren't met, all these other things. It was a whole to-do. I'm not here to harp on it, remind you of it, anything like that. But what I am here to say is that this is massively different from that. This is very clearly a completely dedicated, completely motivated Michael Thomas that has done what he needed to do to get back out on the field, not just on time, but early as well. So I would give that number two. Number three, I think the thing that stands out as a good highlight for New Orleans is that communication factor between the quarterback and, and the wide receiver, and that we were right. Not not I, we, collectively, right? We're right. That Michael Thomas was indeed a big part of Derek Carr coming to New Orleans, and Derek Carr coming to New Orleans was a big part of Michael Thomas staying in New Orleans. Um, he has a very good relationship with the front office. He has a very good relationship with the organization. I know that there are going to be people who are going to say otherwise, but everything that we have seen over the course of the past two years says that there is a good relationship there and that there is not a situation to where the team doesn't like him but can't get rid of him. Of course they could. Or that he doesn't like the team but can't get his way out. Of course he could. He could He could do all the things that we watched Stephon Diggs do, that we watched uh, DeAndre Hopkins do here recently, that we've seen from guys like, uh, who was it, Levante David or Devin White, Devin White over in Tampa, and work to you know, force their way out and all that. And instead of forcing his way out, he's bought himself in. And I think that that is perhaps the most important piece of why it's so important that he was back out on the field on Tuesday, today. So uh, we can't 
turn this one appearance into projected stats in 2023. Although trust me, I would love to. <laughs> and we might do that later. Uh, but while we can't turn it into that, we can turn it into what it is. Good news. Good injury news. Good news around the training staff. Good news around the relationship between the organization and its stars. Good news between its re or between the organization and a star that was previously conceived to be an embattled star with the organization. And of course, another feather in the cap, if you will, for Dennis Allen, who has just knocked off seasons out of the park over the course of the past two years. Now, none of that matters if you can't win during the regular season, and we need to see that here in 2023, but just very interesting. Dennis Allen shows up, and then all of a sudden, Michael Thomas is coming back, Jarvis Landry signs, Tyron Matthews shows up, Derek Carr comes through, the Saints don't get you know left in the draft for the players that they want, they, they get guys that are all over their board, they move up, and they have one goal in the draft, which is to go in and get Chris Olave. What do they do? They go in, they get Chris Olave, all of that. So there is something to the positive nature of what's happening in New Orleans. Now, can they turn it into wins? We'll find that out starting in September. All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all so much, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day for being here for the live show by you, James Pull, uh, 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 what is that, a Agnus, I think, Victor, Luke, uh, Sean, uh, piano, I see y'all. I, I really appreciate everybody coming through uh, for another live show. We're about 300 deep in the chat today, so that's super dope. So I, I appreciate it. Great news for the New Orleans Saints. Let's keep it up. We'll be back tomorrow morning with a new episode pre-recorded. We'll be live again tomorrow night. Tomorrow morning's episode is going to be all about Michael Thomas some more, what it means, and how he potentially impacts guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid, by the way, not present at today's practice, so we'll be looking into that as well. So lots more OTA observations, updates, everything coming up for you first thing tomorrow morning, as well as, of course, later on tomorrow evening. So appreciate you so much for making me a part of your day, a part of your routine for saying yes to me and this show over and over and over again. As always, please, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.